We're horse poor, horse poor. I sell one, she buys five more. Five. Stevie buys five more. Yes, Stevie buys five more. No, you guys, there is a line in there that says I five thought it was more. Two more. It's two more, and then later in the song, I'm it pretty works sure its, it's five. Oh. Yeah. And I like that number better. Yeah, <laughs> so that is your number. That's the one I sing. <laughs> you guys, we had a dream come true today on the Horse Poor podcast. You guys are getting a double whammy of Horse Poor today. Literally, because this duet is iconic. <laughs> For all of our us barrel racers and horse girls, like it, like we felt every single lyric of this song. Mm-hmm. Like they did such an awesome job, not even just with the song, but the music video too. So be sure to check them out. Um, because yeah. yeah, they did a phenomenal job. And when I listened to it, my jaw was just dropped. I'm like, this is so accurate. <laughs> and we have had numerous messages of people sending us the link to that song. So yeah, you definitely yes. need to look up Horse Poor by Cor Blund and Jada Dreyer. We're going to ask <laughs> them if they can sing us a better version later. No offense, Stevie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I just it. had to start it like that. Sorry. Oh, you had to. Of course yeah. you did. Um, I'm still like thinking about you singing that Mel Highland song and that one ad that we <laughs> That's did. actually exactly what I was just thinking about. How yeah. into it you get sometimes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Eyes closed. Yeah. But yeah, welcome back to the Horse Poor Podcast. We're so, so pumped to bring you this episode and so pumped to release this new news that we're going to be sharing mm-hmm. with you guys. We brought a downer last week by saying that we're only going to be announcing or releasing the podcast every second Monday. But, but now for the upper. we're gonna have a patreon um if you guys aren't familiar with patreon um a lot of i think most podcasts do it so what it is is um artists um content creators so many people do so it's a subscription so for five dollars a month you guys are going to be getting a bonus episode with us and a unbelievable guests like we're going to make sure that it is top quality content and a top quality guest so you're going to get that you're going to get i think it's patreon has its whole own feed as well so we'll have separate posts for that page and we even talked about having you know saving a little bit of blooper content for that page (laughs) yes we're going to have like extra content we're going to have drills we're going to have um like maybe some discount codes on there. We're going to have discounts for our merch. Mm -hmm. If you become a Patreon, um, we're also going to do shout outs on our regular show for people that are donating to the cause. So your $5 (laughs) a month is going to help us. release. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're going to get so many extra things with, with the horse poor. And like, we're going to have long, awesome episodes on there. So we're going to get that up and running. Like, um, it's not, it's probably going to maybe be in April will be our first one. So there'll yeah. be the two normal podcasts that you'll get. But then if you, yeah, donate to the Patreon, which is $5 a month, you're going to get that extra episode and all the bonus content mm-hmm. that comes with it. Yeah. So, so it's a good deal. Check it out. Yeah, it's a good deal. <laughs> and we're not sure exactly what day it'll be released, but it'll be once a month. Yes. So instead of having the r- four regular podcasts that we were giving out, you're going to have three. Yeah, yeah two yeah. the two every second Monday. And then this Patreon one may not necessarily be on a Monday. It's yeah. flex- just, flexible on when we put yeah. that one out based mm-hmm. on when we record. And- exactly. Yeah. We want to make sure that we, we um, really perfect these episodes for yeah. you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So if you guys let us know what you feel about that. So we're putting it out. <laughs> Are your to the feelings universe. hurt? Are you excited? Are you going to yeah. sign up? We want to know. Yeah. Because if we get excited. enough ride or die signing up, I think we could even do like, ask, say we get so and so on the on the Patreon episode, we can get them to like, hey, you're going to ride your horse and do the drills that you talk about on the podcast. And these will only be released to the Patreon account. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, you're going to get all of that kind of stuff and yeah. And you can get a big old discount on some horse poor merch too. And yeah, even too. like with the shout outs and stuff, like it'll be cool. We'll get to know some of our followers a little better. Yeah. 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 So we're going to just fine tune that idea, but we're going to be rolling that out for April. Hopefully fingers crossed. Yep. So before we get into this iconic horse poor duo episode, um, Steph, you should tell us about your honeymoon that you went on. Oh, yes. So we decided to explore Alberta a little bit. um, And you can definitely do that. Southern Alberta is beautiful. Like I told Brendan this weekend, I personally think it's worth the extra couple hours drive to head down to that Calgary area. Mm -hmm. Banff, like it was just... It was gorgeous. We booked some really great hotels. Um, Little tip, if you need like a staycation or something, COVID, because of that, the hotel prices are pretty reasonable. We stayed in some really nice places for Yeah, that one with the fox, like that looked cool. That was right downtown Calgary. Yeah. Yeah. We ate amazing food, had amazing hotels. Um, Edmonton, Calgary, shopped around a little, seen some friends. And then we went out to Banff and stayed right on Sunshine Village uh, Mountain Resort. And that looked nice. Yeah. Hit the slopes. I actually, I did take some pics, so maybe I'll have to post one here. Oh, because you week. didn't go unless you took pics. Gosh. And uh, my parents were actually skiing Jasper and some people that were going to meet them there as well canceled and so they came to Banff and met us just for that uh, ski day so yeah got a little quality time in with the family as well was the weather nice the weather was perfect actually the day we came off the mountain it was snowy and you couldn't see but the day we went like there was fresh snow but it was clear skies so the pics are great (laughs) and uh, the backgrounds are nice and yeah oh we also so we went to the brand book Mm -hmm. um, or sorry the Stockman's Memorial Library in Cochrane where they have all the old brand books that you can flip through so I went and did a little research there did a little digging and picked a few options of brands that I I love love. the ones that you picked Mm -hmm. yeah there's so many cool ones I know yeah and then yeah went full tourist and went and seen the wolf dogs at the How wolf dog sanctuary yeah, too. you didn't come home with one we didn't but they do say if you have the appropriate setup they do rarely adopt them are you out. making plans i mean for me personally <laughs> i don't know they're not really like pets so much you yeah. know they kind of do their own thing so what's the point like yeah. you'd have to have a big elk fence a mm-hmm. yeah you, you need a huge fence and then you need to have more than one of them so that they can just like be normal wolves together like you can't just have one well they could just howl that with one your bark. dogs yeah, yeah our dogs howl. <laughs> I asked the people though, like, is a husky kind of similar to this species? But he said no. Like this a husky species. and a chihuahua are more alike than a wolf and a husky. I was like, really? what? Because all the the um, instincts kind of seem the same, but they're just a little more standoffish. Like they'll come mm-hmm. and get a treat, even though like those ones you know have tours multiple times a day for the last however many years. They'll come and get a treat, and they're not scared, but they don't want pets. They're yeah, just yeah. Not, no, they're you just can't not, just hug them. Yeah. They're not cuddly. Uh, yeah. And that's just their natural instincts. Yeah. But they're cool. Looking. Yeah. They they're are cool. So and cool. their big old paws. I took a couple good photos of those too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're beautiful yeah. animals, but yeah. yeah, I like something that snuggles. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not a wolf dog then maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I have a wolf dog. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Yeah. Irish Bowser. wolfhound. 
Yeah. He's a big boy. Oh, okay. And if anyone likes pokeables, we can't really get pokeables in the town that I'm from. So when I go to the city, I love to order That's one like of those. That's like the only thing you order. Yeah. So now I don't know if in, they're probably in Edmonton too, but two of the malls we went to in Calgary have a place called Hula, like French's Hula guy. Hula, and it is just like a poke bar, like a fast food one, though. Yeah, and um, like, like P O K E. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know it was poke. You thought it was just a poke bowl. I just thought it was a poke bowl. Actually, it might be poke. <laughs> oh, did you just put the poke at the end? I might have made it fancy. Poke. A poke bowl. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Go ahead. And yeah, no. If you like poke bowls, um, that place is amazing like really best poke bowls i've had and it's a fast food place and they have multiple options hmm. so hit it up What's i just in a poke bowl i've never actually um, so had one so usually like Tuna. sesame seeds Tuna. um rice radishes mm. cucumbers and yeah typically raw marinated tuna mm. um i had one that had like spices and avocados and edamame in it like it's kind of an asian yummy asian thing yep cool i want that was that was my trip i literally want to go on a trip where you just like plan everything and like plan the food tours and i have no decisions to make can you take me on a honeymoon can we go on like (laughs) yeah i was actually thinking to myself when we went to that uh, memorial library i was like nadine would love this place and cool too because all those old saddles like your saddle Mm -hmm. would fit right in i know you would love it too i bet you have some relatives with some history in that Mm -hmm. place probably well one of the brands you you liked my cousin has. right <laughs> right <laughs> it's yeah. a cool one though yeah and yeah the cool thing about a brand i didn't realize so like each symbol like i seen d's symbol in there and it looks like it's only taken once in the position that d oh, has yeah. it taken in so technically you know somebody else could come and register that brand That's but on, the, thinking, on like, the other hip or on the cheek or yeah. whatever so each brand can be in six different places yeah. registered to six different people yeah. i was thinking like maybe i should get my brand on the other hip as well just so you have them and someone oh is ashley lacy made a good that. point she's like I got them on both sides because my I know my kids are going to want those brands so then they can each have one. Mm, oh, that's, that's a good, a good thinking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. If maybe. you claim it on the other side, then nobody else can take a yeah. hit brand that looks like yours too. That's a good point. And depending yeah. how many kids you have, you might want to get both shoulders as well. Yep. <laughs> Just spend all the money. <laughs> yeah, there is there is some people that yeah. the same six is re- all registered to yeah. the same yeah. person. They're just like, I'm buying it all. I'm like trying to talk myself out of getting a cheek brand. I think that they're so Oh, do it. Cool. Oh, they're pretty badass. And you don't those. see them in Canada very often. You like, don't, but Cole's just tempting. like, because I eventually want to have like just, you know, buying two-year-olds, starting mm-hmm. them and selling them mm-hmm. eventually. And um, he's like, your market might be limited for like people. Not everyone loves the cheek brand, right? Like they, I think they're cool. They're ranchy. They're, they're whatever, ranchy and different. They're, they're I like different. It. I would do I like it, it, man. Yeah. There's, we'll no, there's only going to be a few people that wouldn't. Like. Yeah. I think that they're pretty cool. And um, I saw that. So Steph was sending us some pictures and Cole's horse brand is a diamond bar and I don't have a diamond on my finger so I can't brand my horses with <laughs> his brand. I feel like that's a little too serious for me. Um, but there's a heart bar so then we could have his diamond bar with my heart bar and then we'll just like name our ranch after our cow brand. Yeah. So yeah. It's a good idea. Yeah. I but. did see one that was H like you know how we have our HP yeah. and two P's. There's one that's just HP. Yeah. Yeah. So that looks cool. And I think it was in a circle or a diamond or something. So there could be a oh, horse poor brand. Yeah. Horse poor horses. HP horse hot poor. sauce. Mm-hmm. HP hot sauce. <laughs> Speaking of horse poor though, um, I'm still in awe that we got these two amazing artists to come on our show like I still remember sitting there I think we were at Mr. Mike's and my jaw like dropped I'm like Corp responded to us like, 
Yeah. Which was really cool. So yeah, we really do appreciate these two artists taking their time out of their day to come and chat with us on our show and talk to you guys as well. Corb was napping and Jada was in a parking lot with her horse trailer because she didn't have good service anywhere else. No, and she, and was, you, she was shopping. Maybe was not shopping. necessarily to be horse <laughs> yeah. poor, but to buy some... But maybe we're going to have what she was Similar doing idea. in our um, <laughs> Patreon page yeah. to get some extra content. So we'll put that on there. <laughs> and by the sounds of like her stories and his stories, like Jada has written for such amazing artists and like talked big to time. so many big people and worked with them. And whereas Corp as well, like they're both right in there for so much history, so mm-hmm. much history and like, just it's so cool that he's like an Alberta boy that literally went and made it out there in the mm-hmm. world. So it's really, mm-hmm. really cool to see that and talk with them as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And all the stories from when they were little even and it was just pretty neat just getting to know them a bit more. And yeah. a little bit about like that side of writing and mm-hmm. creating music. You know, we've never talked to anybody on that side of things. So yeah. it was interesting. But, like, I really like their music because it's, like, you know, even this Horse Poor song, like, it's so relatable because, mm-hmm. like, it's totally, like, where, like, we were in life with, like... Where we all are. And where we all are right now. <laughs> yeah, where we are. Yeah. <laughs> Who hasn't taken out a loan to buy some horses or horse things? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I can name, like, two people at least in our friend group that I have taken out loans for a horse. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or use their school grants. Yeah, on, on horses. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> Well, we're not going to keep you guys away from hearing their stories because they're so great. So we will let Steph H. introduce our guests. Bringing you none other than Cor Blonde and Jada Dreyer. Well, we just wanted to say we are so excited to have you guys on our show. And I know our listeners are going to be so pumped to hear from you. Like as soon as that your song released, we literally got so many messages from people saying, you need to have them on now because like you need to have a horsepower duo. (laughs) So, yeah, we are really, really excited and really appreciate you guys taking the time out to talk with us today. Sure. No problem. Are you there, Jada? I'm here. I'm here. I'm oh, just hey. trying to. How you doing? <laughs> hey, how you doing? I'm well. How are you? I feel. I hear. I hear four giggling horse girls. <laughs> yeah, we were already talking about cows and horses yeah, and other miniature cute cows. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you tell? Did you tell them how I saved your your mini? Uh oh no, I didn't. <laughs> I have a mini. I have a mini horse uh, that I rescued from. Uh, she was on a kill truck. She's going to Mexico. And, uh, I, I named her Kitty Wells and, um, she, it was, it was the first night that we were shooting the horse for. Is that right? Yeah, I, mean, I think so. I mean, yeah. I didn't save her exactly, but I'm sure she would have been, sure been fine. You found her. So I got a call from my mom and she was at the barn and it was like nine o'clock at night. And I guess she had gotten a call from one of the neighbors that, uh, the pony was somewhere in the back and uh, was laying down. And so, I mean, it was dark and we got on the gator and we drove around for probably an hour to find this stinking pony. And uh, Corb gets out and he goes back like in the bush, like through the trees. And all of a sudden you just hear him. I found her. I found her. (laughs) It was great. And then, so we ponied her back on the gator back to the barn and she was fine. 
We thought oh, maybe good. she was foundering or colicking, oh, but yeah. no, she was just uh, hunkered down for the night yeah. in the trees. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Aww. I was feel ha- like having a mini might be a pretty red flag symptom of being horse poor, no? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're staring at Steph right now because she just has too many donkeys that uh, resorted to miniature donkeys instead of full-sized ones yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're cute, though. <laughs> maybe, yeah. we should, maybe, maybe we should, um, maybe we should uh, introduce Jada so that people know who she is in case they don't. Yeah. Yeah. Our next question was, um, if you can both tell us a little bit about yourselves and where you're from. Go ahead. Go for it. Go for it, Corby. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I'm from, I'm from Alberta. I grew up outside of Tabor and our family ranch is near Cardston. Um, both sides of my family came from Utah 120 years ago. They're Mormons. If you go back far enough, but I am not a Mormon or anything close to one. (laughs) And, um, yeah, I, I mean, some of your listeners probably know, but I, I make Western music and mm-hmm. have been for a long time. And I call it weird Western or livestock <laughs> rock or agricultural tragic. Oh, I have a lot of names for it. I like <laughs> livestock rock. Yeah. yeah. Jada, and I have, Jada and I have known each other for a long time and we've been writing songs together for a while now. Yeah. Yeah. Jada, <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're from as well. Yeah. Okay. So I was born in Thunder Bay, Ontario. And uh, I was raised uh, back and forth between Thunder Bay and Iowa. Uh, I was always, always a horse kid. My mom was a a breeding manager uh, for some of the most successful quarter horse breeding farms uh, down here in the state. Cool. Uh, yeah. Did all the breeding with investment asset and stock bar time, roping shoes, sudden impulse, uh, vested pine, like all, all these oh, wow. Hall of Fame studs. And, um, my dad was a farmer, and uh, so I was always, always an ag trage kid. Yeah. <laughs> I was riding, riding horses when I was in my mom's belly, and uh, I won my first world championship when I was five, showing POAs in stock pony reining. Oh, wow. What? And, uh, yeah. Cool. <laughs> and uh, Tennessee is the seventh state that I've lived in. Uh, we moved around. Uh, mostly doing horses. Um, actually it was all, all for horses. We just kind of went, went where the checks cleared. And, uh, I moved to Nashville 13 years ago and, uh, sold everything but my saddle. Cause I swore I was never, never going to show another horse ever again. And, um, as horse girls, you, you realize that it is, uh, it's a disease and it never goes away. It doesn't. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. And so I, uh, uh, started with one and then I bred her and then next thing you know I've got a herd of 12 and uh <laughs> yeah so uh living in Nashville writing songs and uh playing music when we can and uh shoveling shit and throwing hay bales that's, that's my life <laughs> yeah <laughs> sounds like a, good, a good time life. I want to yep. go to Nashville so bad oh my goodness that's like that's cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah we can, we, can, we can give you a, we can give you a pretty good tour especially Jada Oh, yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> that'd be so cool. I'm supposed to debut. I make my my grand old Opry debut pretty quick here because I was supposed to do it before COVID oh, wow. or during COVID, and then it kind of went away because that. So, 
Wow. When things when the when the smoke clears, we're, we're going to reschedule that. Oh my goodness, that would um, be cool. Congratulations for Steph Stig. We actually went to one of your concerts in Grand Prairie. So our other friends getting married. So maybe we're just going to have to go to Nashville yeah. to go to your concert again for her. <laughs> I stick. agree. Well, a lot of a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, bachelorette parties there. That's for sure. Yeah. 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 So we don't think those ever really stop. (laughs) No, (laughs) there's been a couple underground ones for sure. (laughs) (laughs) So we want to talk a lot about your music. um, But before we get into that, we have a question. We've been dying to ask Corb. Did you get your five bucks back? Nope. No. (laughs) Dang it. Long gone. Long gone. Long gone, Saskatchewan. Oh, boy. Brett Brett Kissel stole it. Oh, what a guy. Oh, dear. So I hope he doesn't steal our hook. I hope he doesn't steal our hook from the other, from last night. Yeah, I started working on that today, actually. Yes. We got a, I was doing a live stream for the, Calgary Country Station yesterday on Instagram and was it yesterday? Oh, yeah. yeah, yesterday. Oh yeah. And and then um Jada jumped on and started chirping at me and so did Brett Kissel. But <laughs> Jada got Jada was talking about the du- the duet Jada and I have done together and she she came up with a new zinger of a title for another duet called what's yeah. it called? It was Fort Worth Worth It. Yeah. Oh, exciting. Oh, oh that's he cool. was doing, he was doing he was doing a cover, he was doing that uh does Fort Worth ever cross your mind? Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. We come, up, we come up with our, we come up with our best ideas kind of randomly at weird times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so how did you both get started in your music careers? I got started playing heavy rock music. Like when I was 15, I was, I rode steers and chased cows and all that stuff. So I was in my mid teens and then, I just started bulldogging a little bit in high school rodeos, but then I, did, me and my friends discovered Black Sabbath, that kind of thing. So I kind of, I kind of um, became obsessed with music at that point. And then, uh, interesting. And I, I did a, I was in a band called The Smalls for a number of years in my twenties, which was like a heavy rock band. But mm-hmm. I was kind of playing Western stuff on the side the whole time oh, and yeah. trying to write those kind of songs. Yeah. Cool. And then I made a couple of records, kind of while I was in that band country records and then i then when that band retired and i i made a record called five dollar bill and that that kind of was the start of my actual <laughs> western music career and i've been yeah. doing it ever since it's been fun because the last five years or so we've, we've been playing a lot more in and getting a lot more response in the in the western u.s it's been pretty fun we play a lot in texas and oklahoma and wyoming and all the way down the rockies cool nice uh i guess for me uh I always, I grew up singing, we were, you know, always going to horse shows and, um, I just, I grew up singing along with the radio. We'd, you know, roll down the windows and, uh, at two o'clock in the morning, we'd just be singing at the top of our lungs, trying to <laughs> keep ourselves awake. <laughs> um, who are you, who are, who are your favorites at that point? Oh, oh gosh. Uh, well, Kitty Wild. I mean, my mom and, uh, her dad, grandpa, I mean, they, they raised me on some pretty, pretty cool, um, old school stuff like Tex Ritter and Kitty Wells and Ernest Tubb and uh you know then I kind of fell in love with Loretta Lynn and Candy Tucker and um yeah that's kind of kind of what I 
was super into. And then uh, I always kind of gravitated towards the, the songwriters that sang. And uh, for how, like, my music actually started, I mean, I, I was always a writer in school. Like, I remember I was probably in, like, fifth grade, and uh, I would write these crazy elaborate stories so much to the point that uh, the school guidance counselor called my mom and was like, uh, is Jada okay? Like, <laughs> you need to talk to somebody. And mom's like, no, she's just super creative. Leave her alone. <laughs> and so, yeah. And so, you know, I grew up on the road with the horses and I, I kind of fell into a weird place, right? Because I was working, um, but I was still a non-pro. And so I, I hung out with everybody that was way older than me. Um, and so I just, I saw a lot of, a lot of crazy shit. And so I, I wrote it down and those eventually, uh, became poems. And then uh, I started coming up with these melodies in my head and, uh, eventually started playing guitar and that just kind of evolved from there. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. And it's, it's awesome to hear that. Yeah. Your real life experiences translate into you writing that music. Mm-hmm. And I think both of us write a lot about our personal experiences. Like it's, it's funny cause I mean, people have been bitching about the state of country music for a thousand years, but but yeah. there, there honestly, there honestly isn't a whole lot of rural content on country radio, and and mm-hmm. Jada and I both write about that stuff and and you know kind of grew up with it, so it's mm-hmm. it's kind of cool. We like that stuff. Yeah, I, I think that's that. what makes yeah. your music so relatable. Yeah, and the, the songs tell a story. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, and you guys are both part of the Western lifestyle. Like that's really. And you get it. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say that yesterday on the thing I was doing, I, I made the comment that I think, I think George Strait was the last guy to, to have any kind of cowboy music on, on the radio, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seriously. It's Garth, yeah. maybe. I'm not sure which one was the last one, but probably, probably George. Yeah. yeah. One of them, too. Cody, jo- Cody Johnson's doing a good job of bringing that back, though. He oh, is, yes. actually. I yeah, really like is. his music. Mm-hmm. I just talked to him yesterday. He's he's um I'm supposed to sing on one of his tunes one of these days. We used to tour together oh, really? in Texas quite a bit years ago, yeah. Oh cool. <laughs> oh that'd be cool. I did the the celebrity cutting thing in Fort Worth. I did it with him. He did it again uh this Oh time. did he do that? Yeah, he did it. He won it not this year, but he won it the year before last. Oh wow. That was super cool. Yeah. Yeah, What's, he actually really shows cutters. What's the celebrity cutters thing? <laughs> Uh, so it's like, uh, the Carity Foundation, which is a really, really great foundation, uh, based out of Fort Worth, Texas. It's, um, all, uh, a big, uh, fundraiser that, that particular event, the celebrity cutting, it's held at the, uh, NCHA fraternity mm-hmm. in Fort Worth every year. Um, uh, it's just a big, big fundraiser, uh, for cancer and, um, it's, it's super fun. That's really uh, cool. Yeah, this year it was called the Yellowstone Showdown. And That's awesome. That. <laughs> yeah, it was a bunch of people from Yellowstone were there, and uh, Taylor Sheridan rode, and oh, some of the other other cast members, and Cody did, and uh, and I did, and it was it's super fun. Didn't uh, the guy from Midland com- didn't he compete in that? He did that- years ago. He hasn't done it because I've only done it the last two years, uh, hmm. but I think he has. Yeah, he's done it before. Okay. That's really cool. Yeah, Corb, it's, it's your turn now. We need you on a cutter. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Did you have a question, Stevie? Oh, I was just going to ask, like, um, when we were talking about how you get inspired to write your music, um, do you use real life names or do you change the names up? 
Always change your name. Because oh, okay. I was gonna. <laughs> Actually, that's not true. I put. I put. I, that's not true. I put a bunch of real people in my songs. Oh, really? You have. Yeah. Yeah. What my a- uncle, my uncle, my uncle Hugh, and my hair and my eyes like a Highland Steer song. That's real. Oh, and uh, yeah, I've got, I've put Holt some real ones there. What yeah. a Holman, Holman, yeah, Holman okay, Holt. I have a story about that. My cousin, they, yeah, Scotty's, they, Scotty's real. They, um, they had a son, and they named him after Holtman, and the truck got stuck. But they didn't, they didn't see the actual lyrics, so they named him Holton, and then realized later that it was Holtman. <laughs> oh no! That's funny. Yeah, I'm not gonna tell him that because his head will swell up. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Oh dear. There was a period of time we, he and I are childhood buddies. My dad was his dad's vet, but they uh, they have they ranched down near Tabor on the prairie. But um, he um, <laughs> there was a period of time because we made the video right for yeah. truck got stuck, and that's and that's the, the the actual people in the video are the real people that actually oh, did get cool. stuck out there with us. <laughs> and and there was a period of time, you know, 15 years ago when, Scott, like Scott's kind of a party animal. He's kind of a social butterfly, and he's got he's got the best after party house in ta- in town. There was a real <laughs> pattern that developed after a while because when there'd be a bunch of girls over at the house from the bar, somehow I I wasn't there. I was on tour always, but his friends told me that somehow that video always magically ended up on t on the TV and. <laughs> <laughs> And he would start. To, he he would start innocently, accidentally pretending he was surprised by a two That's and point hilarious. out that that was him in the video. <laughs> That's oh, a good man. party trick. Yeah, yeah that was no a good party kidding. trick. So, how did That's you great. guys end up meeting and writing music together? Oh my gosh! Well, I, I mean, can't, for, I can't I remember know. even. Yeah, I feel like I mean I've known you for I've been in Nashville for thirteen years, and I know. Um, I know I met you before then, not that we were like really friends or anything then, but, um, yeah, it had to have been some, some, uh, I think I it might've been too, might have been too Hayes. It's probably, I mean, either Hayes or John Evans or a, a combination of the two. Yeah. Uh, we have, yeah. we have a bunch of friends, songwriter friends in common. So yeah, oh, I think yeah. I remember Jada coming to our shows years ago before we really knew her and, because cause she lived in Nashville and we would to go, be on tour and we'd come through every few months to play and she would come to our shows. And then I think I eventually ended up meeting you through, through Hayes or, or one of our mutual friends. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's kind of a natural thing. So. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, I remember mom and I going to your shows, uh, yeah, long before. I mean, when we were living in Georgia, uh, I remember we would we would drive and, and come watch you play. Oh, yeah. Uh, so long story short, I was a big Corb fan long before we actually became <laughs> friends and started writing songs together. That's pretty cool. That's cool. Uh, have you guys played lots of shows together? Yeah, we played lots. We have, yeah. I'm sad. We were supposed to play a bunch more and then COVID happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. Did you guys yeah, have a bunch yeah. lined up for like this summer or like what's kind of your plans there? I have an album release tour it's been postponed three times. It's it's set for uh, in Canada for October November. We're not sure yet if that's a go or not. It just depends on all yeah. the bullshit, right? No yeah. one really knows. Yeah, yeah. But um, the first time that we wrote together was was um, was horse poor because Jada. Yeah. You tell the story. She said I had to help her finish it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was funny. So um, <laughs> I originally I I came up with that idea and. Uh, I, so I had a truck that I had paid cash for. I had just had, 
a number one for, for Luke Bryan. And I went and it was the only nice new thing that I've ever bought myself. And I went and paid cash for this brand new truck. And, uh, anyway, so <laughs> there was a, a brood mare and, uh, her yearling and she was in full. So it was a three package deal. And, uh, I remember I wanted to go buy her. And so I went and I took a loan out on this truck. <laughs> so I could go buy, I could go buy this mare and, uh, and her yearling coming two year old. And, uh, I just remember I came back from the bank and, uh, I'm lunging one in the round pen. And I just started thinking to myself, like, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. Like, I can't believe I just did that. Like, why, why did I do that? <laughs> Why did I do that? I'm a horse girl. I guess this is why why we do that. Um, and I just started singing to myself, horse for horse for. And uh, <laughs> it was kind of like just a joke. And I remember I went back into the barn and uh, my mom was in there doing something and uh, told her, I was like, I think I have kind of a, a cute, silly idea for a song. And uh, I told her about it. And she loved it. And I was like, but Corb's the only person that I can... I can actually finish this with and, and write it with. And so I uh, texted him or called him and told him I had, had this idea that we needed to write. And then I think you made the trip to Nashville like a couple months after that. And uh, so we both kind of stewed on it a little bit and uh, sat down and we wrote it. And I originally, I don't think it, it was a, a duet Corb, that was your idea to make it a duet. And, um, yeah, I mean, the wedding vows, all that. That was that was Corby. I still I still I wouldn't have it. finished it if it wasn't for him. It was just the perfect. <laughs> I know we thought about it for a while because yeah, we talked about it for quite a while before we actually did it. Because that's the thing with songwriters is all of us talk about like writing with each other all the time. Like every songwriter goes, oh yeah, we should write sometime. You know, yeah, <laughs> right. Like, and yeah, sometimes cool. sometimes yeah. it happens, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. But yeah, I felt that was a good idea. So. So we, we got together. I think we wrote another one. That we wrote Raining Horses for my record like the next day or it was at the next trip. Oh, okay. I yeah. think that was the the next trip and maybe, or maybe Redneck Rehab. Redneck Rehab was in between there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, <right. laughs> that's what, that's when way in the vault. And, and, uh, <laughs> and also it's, in, it's interesting because like our, our duet game has gotten pretty strong. Like between that, the horse poor song and the whiskey gin song, we, we got a good thing going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That one's cool. I like yeah. that you, song a lot. You know what happened? Have you guys heard that the other duet, the whiskey gin duet? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you know what happened with that one is like, so Jay, we were making our record last year, year and a half ago, whatever it was. And we yeah. were, she was there singing horse poor with, with us. And I had this other duet and, She's going to get mad at me, but I was trying to get somebody super famous to sing sing the Whiskey Gin song. <laughs> Just, she was. She was. That's how, that's how the music business works, right? Yeah. I was trying to try and get, try and get Reba or Dolly to sing it with me. Yeah. So I, she, she, she was in the studio, and we needed, we needed somebody just to, to do a demo of it to, um, yeah. you know, yeah. so we could shop it around and show the potential big famous star ladies what it would be like and then jada kicked the shit out of it and it was so good we just kept it yeah oh, awesome. I, I love that old school twang of that mm-hmm. song yeah mm-hmm. yeah that yeah. was a happy accident i'm sad Nailed i'm it. sad that uh i didn't co-write that one because that's <laughs> just a great great song <laughs> And well, we got a yeah, we got a couple we got a couple ideas in the can. We're gonna we're gonna maybe do a bunch of duets. I think we might make a yeah. we might make a career of it. You never know. Yeah, yeah that'd be cool. I mean, you know, come on, it's time. <laughs> <laughs>
That horse poor story is absolute gold because it is so relatable to everybody that is going to listen to this podcast. Yeah. Yes, because all of our <laughs> listeners are all horse poor. And all of our husbands know exactly <laughs> what it's like. At least you can hide stuff from your husband. I no, can't. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a horse guy, so he knows exactly what I spend my money on and like what my saddle pad is worth and everything. <laughs> my... Uh... Whenever people ask me what it's about, like in it, in the like the real quick description, I say I say it's a love song about a man who loves a man who's in love with a woman and a woman who's in love with her horses. <laughs> oh no! Accurate. Yeah. So accurate. Yeah. Jada, Jada's so serious that she got her dad to date a vet for a while. <laughs> my dad, my mom. That's smart. Yeah. That actually. is very smart. Uh, they're still dating, actually. It's crazy. So do you Perfect. get lots of free vet work? Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know what? It's incredible because um, I I wish that I would have. Uh, my mom should have gotten hit to that long ago because, uh, yeah, having a vet in the family. It's um, <laughs> a big help. I mean, I've had thousands of dollars worth of free vet bills. It's incredible. And yeah. All my horses are sound now. It's amazing. Oh, man. <laughs> so jealous. That's like the biggest when battle with horses when is when the vet bills. you're a kid and you just. When somebody asks you what, you what you want to do when you grow up, you just say what your dad does. So I used to think I wanted to be a vet because my dad was a large animal vet, but okay. I turned yeah. into a musician instead. But oh man, I got to be I got I got ro- I got roped into being a, a vet assistant at a very young age and saw all kinds of gory shit. What about um? I was gonna say before when Jada was talking about her songwriting, she's she's up for all kinds of people and she she she's been really successful writing stuff for the big country artists, but mm-hmm. she also yeah. writes really cool kind of more rough around the edges stuff for herself to sing. And I keep telling her, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to make an on-air pitch. I think she needs to finish her, her personal record of her own personal songs and put it out. Cause she, you know, it's going to make her huge. Yeah. yeah. Aww. Aww, that's you. awesome. Well, that was the whole plan. I was, I was all geared up to do it, to finish it. And, uh, then COVID happened. And so, <sighs> you know, it's just what this procrastinator needed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Uh, she has yeah. a song called Cowboys that's not related, released yet. And it's my favorite song of the last three or four years. It's really good. Oh, well, we can't wait to hear that one. Yeah. <laughs> Cowboys, probably. Uh, it's called, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's called, it's, uh, it's called I Don't Want to Talk About Cowboys. And so, um, yeah, long story short, uh, I was engaged uh, to a cowboy from Texas. This was, uh, several years ago now, but uh, I was engaged and then not engaged. And uh, I have to preface this with, I love everybody. As long as you are not hurting children or animals, like whatever floats your boat. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, but long story short, I found out that my cowboy liked other cowboys. <gasps> and, um, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> so I was not only, you know, almost committed to a gay man, but also an institution. Oh, so, no. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. And that's why I write songs. I look forward to hearing did, that one. I know. Me too. How did that line not end up in the song? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a whole nother song. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. That is crazy. Anyway, so that, that's how the song uh, came to be. Yeah. Uh, called I Don't Want to Talk About Cowboys. It's, it's fun. It's one of my that's favorite ones to sing a perfect on the road. name for the yeah. song. <laughs> It's really good. It's got an old timey kind of kind of western swingy feel to it. It's really good. Yeah, I love those. Yeah. Me too. It's funny. I was on a, I was on a podcast last month called Rump Chat. It's 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 
Uh, I have it's seen a rodeo that podcast, Dumbo and the Clowns. Yep. And he was he was making fun of all the bull riders that try to play guitar after the show. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I feel like Cole might feel that one. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so going back to horse poor a little bit, can you guys tell us like what it was like shooting this video? Did you get together and do it at like one of your ranches? Um, yeah. Fill us in on that. Jada found Jada found a place in Tennessee we could do it. Oh cool. Yep. How'd you, find, how'd you find those guys? Uh so it was a, a old friend where I used to board and uh the 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 wife of the farm, like I, I knew her husband before they were married. And uh so I, I reached out to him and, and he said that we could do it and uh we hauled a couple horses in and then they had a bunch there and um Gosh, it's, I mean, I hauled in, how many trophies, Corb? I hauled in all those trophies. <laughs> yeah, Jada did, Jada did all the heavy lifting. She found the location and got the animals and brought in her trophies. She's also responsible for wardrobe. That's oh. right. I did wardrobe. I love the yeah. wardrobe, by yeah. the way, for yeah. the video. <laughs> I've had about 100 so people ask me, ask me where that orange shirt came from. <laughs> it's so cool. <laughs> It was fun. It was fun. And I mean, when we were brainstorming for that video, uh, we joked. I mean, we could have really done like a little horse poor movie because we had so many just ideas for different scenes that mm-hmm. um, that we didn't shoot and that, you know, we just didn't have enough time. But yeah. Yeah. Um, just even when we were on set, like we would come up with funny, funny ideas. Like, Corb, when you were pushing the the wheelbarrow full of the trophies behind. And I'm like, Oh, look, he's my trophy husband. Like, this is funny. Oh, that's like, actually hilarious. Yeah. Like random we should, things. Like maybe that. we should make him like the gambler, the gambler and redheaded stranger both had movies made out of him. Maybe we should make yeah. a movie. I mean, we totally could. We totally yeah. could. It'd be a great lifetime movie. No the girls, the girls here can bankroll it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that was awesome. Uh, and I loved how the horses are popping out of the trailer and then the whole I know. the whole wedding ceremony yeah. too. That was yeah. Fun. yeah. So out of curiosity, how long does it take to get a music video done? Like was this a weekend or was it, you know, you got it done in one day? Yeah, and is it like is it more work writing the song and figuring out the song or doing the music video? Uh the yeah. video was I mean to shoot it just took a day. Yeah. And then they yeah. they take a few weeks to edit it and to, mm-hmm. and fool around with oh, the yeah. editing, and there's a lot of pre work done because you got to break just basically just have to have a beer and brainstorm till you get a cool idea, right? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. the only way. We really. spent a, we, we spent a lot of time on the phone fleshing out the idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we and I mean, that spent, was all we, your original idea, Corb. Like you know, his he had that idea with the the horses' heads popping out and the trailer <laughs> and all that. I mean, yeah. Uh, <laughs> And you had that, like, super early on. Like, I remember we joked about doing a video for it, like, before we even recorded officially, you know, the song for the record. We talked about how cute a video would be for it. And so <laughs> we fortunately had a lot of time to, to think about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we might have spent more time on the video than we did on writing the tune. I think yeah. we definitely <laughs> did, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's kind of what we were thinking for when we named our show was like, well, me and Steph were sitting at a at a bar here and we were just like, oh, like, what are some names? And we're like, came up with a bunch of different ones. And then she was like, what about Hor- the Horse Poor podcast? And I was like, wow, that's <laughs> Everyone it. can relate. That's, that's gold. 
that's art imitating life, imitating art, imitating life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. Where do, you, where do you guys, where do you guys all live? We're up in Peace River, Alberta. All of you? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Are Just you guys all on different phones? Are you together right now? We're sitting in Stevie's living room right now. Yeah. And we oh, have a, cool. We have a mixer box so we can plug in all our headphones <laughs> and, uh, microphones and then we can just bluetooth call the guests in so this is our max are you, amount are you, drinking, is are, you drinking, are you drinking wine no, no cough <laughs> stevie's pregnant so she's not i'm drinking usually, my pregnancy tea usually we are That's responsible. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> usually there's some moscow mules or caesars or yeah and then if there's caesars both. steph makes me a fake one yeah they're just as good yeah yeah <laughs> Hey, how did you get, who, who loaned you money on a truck? How do you get a loan on a vehicle? Like at one of those sketchy places? <laughs> yes. Tell us how yeah, to do that. No, I, <laughs> I went to the bank because I owned it. Right. So it's collateral. So, oh, they'll do that. At, the bank will do that. Yeah, I didn't know a bank would lend yeah. you money on a vehicle. Yeah. So like if you own something outright, right. Like you can, you just give them, uh, give them the title and take their money and then make payments and, you know, do it all over again. Yeah, totally. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, Jada, you said That's that more you... more horses. Yeah, more horses. So, yeah, Jada, you said that you told your mom about the idea for Horse Poor. Is she someone that yeah. uh, you really confide in when you're writing songs or someone that helps you or inspires you? Um, Gosh, well, uh, first, we call her Merch Mom, Merch Mama, number one. <laughs> uh, she goes out on the road with us and... Uh, She'll she'll drive the band van and nice. uh, sell some merch and cool. Uh, her and I, yeah, we're we're pretty tight. She's more like my sister than my mom. Uh, but that being said, uh, you know, she's uh, I don't I wouldn't say that she like helps me write my songs, but I'll run ideas past her, and she's definitely the first person that if I write something new, I'll send it to her, and uh, she's brutally honest, so she'll tell me if it's uh, you know any good or not which uh you know can hurt sometimes but she is um yeah she's brutally honest and you need um, that sometimes yeah huh? <laughs> yeah you do you do yeah, yeah. i mean <laughs> he's a good, that's good what, critic that's what holdman does for me <laughs> really <laughs> yeah you need you need somebody that in the family like when me, when me and did you guys see that campfire version of the song that we did i think so i believe i watched that one on youtube we should we shot that at our family place around the campfire. And I actually, it was kind of fun because I, I debut a lot of my songs there before I record them for all the, all the cousins and uncles and stuff. And yeah, they're like, I mean, they're not brutally honest, but they're honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you, you kind of need that sounding board. Yeah. You need somebody who's not overawed by you. Who doesn't give a shit and just, you know, yeah. tells we'll you the truth. Say it mm-hmm. how it is. That's my dad to me. Oh my goodness. <laughs> he is brutally honest. <laughs> So what are, like, now we're talking about the music career again. So what are some struggles when you're trying to make it in the music career? And, like, how did you overcome those when you were first getting started? Oh, God. Hmm. <laughs> well, <laughs> Jada and I kind of had different paths because she, she sort of started as a, as a songwriter. Is, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yep. So you can talk about that. For me, it was like I was in a band from the beginning. So you're you know, you're sleeping in a van and, you know, like you're dealing with three or four other dudes and <laughs> don't have a shower for a week. And Sounds like rodeo. I was going to say that sounds like rodeo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's very similar, actually. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's the, the, the first challenge is when you're starting, you're just like, 
not only the, you know, you're broke and you're, and you're, you know, there's a desperation to it, but you're also learning how to perform, you know, cause you're, you're mm-hmm. figuring it out as you go. Cause you no, know, there's no manual for it. Mm-hmm. So you're just sort of figuring it out. So it, there's a lot of self doubt at the beginning, mm-hmm. yeah. but I was really driven. It's all, I mean, I, I was kind of okay with the poverty part cause every biography I'd ever read of any one of my heroes, that's just part of it. Right. So I thought I was on, the, I thought <laughs> I was on the right track cause I was hungry. So yeah, okay. exactly. <laughs> yeah. What's it like when you first pitch, start pitching songs? Is that pretty? Is that pretty depressing? Or, um, you know, so I guess girls. Uh, I don't know if you uh, did any research or if you know, but um, so songs I songs I've written uh, they've been recorded by uh, at a three week number one for Luke Bryan, and we were nominated for a CMA and an ACM. That's so cool! Um, oh my goodness, which song was yeah, this? Uh, uh, it was called Home Alone Tonight. It was yeah. a, a duet with Karen Fairchild from Little Big Town. Yes, um, yes. And then uh, Tim McGraw, Faith Hill, Sarah Evans, Ranger Smith, Eric Church, Brantley Gilbert, Cody Shank, wow. Kevin Costner, uh, oh Reba McIntyre. We were nominated for a, a Grammy last year with Reba, and that was that was pretty cool. Wow. Um, wow. And so, yeah, so uh, being a a songwriter in Nashville is, uh, is, is very difficult, but especially being, um, a, a female songwriter in Nashville, is hard because, um, you know, when you're most of the, the artists that are played on, on mainstream country radio right now, um, you know, they're mostly men. And so, um, you know, they, your, your female songwriters in Nashville, uh, that are writing those kind of songs and are relevant are uh, pretty few and, and far between. Yeah. Um, which is something that I've, I've, you know, really taken pride in is that uh, I am kind of a chameleon and, um, you know, I, I write my Western folk songs, you know, for my, my artist project. And that's, that's what I, I like to do, but, I also have horses and have a lot of bills to pay. So I know sometimes mm-hmm. I have to write things that are kind of, uh, you know, down the middle and, and for the radio. Yeah. Um, and that, that becomes, you know, the work, work part of it. Yeah. Um, but I guess like the struggle in that is, uh, just trying to, you know, stay relevant. Yeah. Um, that's true. And, uh, you know, you're only as, as uh, yeah, for music row. I mean, um, you just got to keep keep writing for for that next cut, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, that can be quite exhausting. And I've actually I've really enjoyed you know the last couple of years um, being able to to kind of hang back and uh, write more things with actual artists that that I'm you know fan of and uh, write for more of my projects. So that's uh, that's been really awesome. Nice. Yeah. I'm kind of curious because I, I don't I don't really know that world very much. But what's it like when you're just starting out doing that? Is it hard to break in the break in break in break into that scene, or what's that like? You know, I think it's it's different for everybody. But for me, I I was really fortunate that uh, I got hooked up with with really great people from the get go, and it was all by happenstance because I didn't know a soul when I moved to Nashville. It was a uh, so remember like when MySpace was really popping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. I had one song that I, I had one song that I recorded called miss you already. That was basically now you listen back and it's like the equivalent of an iPhone work tape. But, 
I thought I was recording and I had it up on my MySpace page and mom and I had moved to Nashville and we didn't even have our beds up on bed frames yet. And I got a MySpace message from a woman named Robin Lee Bruce and she was married to Trey Bruce, whose father was Ed Bruce, who wrote uh, Mamas Don't Let Your Babies Grow Up to Be Cowboys and Texas When I Die. And Mm -hmm. yeah, and I mean, it was just a, a great country artist and and songwriter and uh so she wrote to me and she's like and this was within the first two weeks that we had moved to nashville and uh she was like what's your deal i've never heard anything like you before like let's hang out and so i went and i met her and she kind of took me under her wing and uh i started writing with people that she wrote with and then those people would take me to write with people that they wrote with and it all just kind of blossomed from there Mm -hmm. and the you know, the songwriting community in Nashville really just kind of embraced me, but it could have just as easily, you know, gone the other way. Um, like horse trainers and in any kind of business, you know, if you get hooked up with the wrong people, um, you can start circling the drain pretty fast. Yeah, for uh, sure. Yeah. Plus plus Nashville is full of the wrong people too, right? Totally. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I, I was so lucky that, um, you know, I signed my first publishing deal that, that first year uh, of moving to Nashville. And uh, I signed with a, a guy named Byron Gallimore who produced every uh, Tim McGraw record that, that there ever was. And um, I, I signed with him because he did a, a record on Leanne Womack that had uh, I May Hate Myself in the Morning on it. And that, that was the kind of record mm-hmm. that I wanted to make. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so I wrote for him for in some shape or form for 12 years. Okay. That's pretty cool. That is really, really cool. Mm -hmm. Did did you say you wrote a lot, like did a lot of creative writing in school and stuff? I did. Yeah. Cause I was always kind of a, I mean, I still am, you know, very introverted, but, uh, I was always kind of a, a loner kid, you know? And so I just, yeah. So I just spent a lot of time writing just about anything. I would come up with crazy, crazy elaborate stories and, uh, then, you know, I would just journal. I journaled everything, everything that I saw, all the, um, when I was on the road at horse shows, like, you know, so-and-so's having an affair with so-and-so. And I would just write all of this down. <laughs> and yeah. uh, that was kind of like my therapy, right? Like that was literally because, you know, it's horse show kids. So there was no time to go to a therapist. <laughs> no <laughs> kidding. <laughs> your therapist is no. your horse. Yeah. Yeah. You get your ass on the horse and, you know, cleaning stalls, cleaning stalls is you know, <laughs> that's the best therapy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I found a bunch of notebooks a few years ago from, from my school. I didn't remember any of this until I found them again, but I, I did a lot of that too. I wrote a lot of short stories and stuff like that. Yeah. My, my grandmas, like both of my grandpas are, were, were ranchers and both of my grandmas, it's like out of a movie. Both of my grandmas were proper English school teachers that married cowboys and really? they taught <laughs> taught school in one room schoolhouses on the prairie. Yeah, both oh, my cool. grandma London cool. and my mom's side. And they had me they had me reading and, and like it was weird because my grandma Ivan's like my mom's mom. She was obsessed with phonics and I don't know enough about the educational programs to know, but phonics is a way of learning to read for kids mm-hmm. that deals yep. with like similar sounds like rat, cat, fat, sat. And apparently yep. there was some policy change when I was a kid how they're moving away from phonics and into something else. And she was like 
hyper like pro phonics. <laughs> so she was I don't even know what the implications of that are. I don't know enough about it to know what that even means. But but she was so obsessed with the idea that phonics were key. When she found that they changed the curriculum, she she made me learn phonics before like when I was three or four before school. Oh wow. So that I would have it. Yeah. So I don't know. I might have got lucky with writing or if I have any facility with the language I credit it to my grandma. Oh wow. <laughs> You guys are so creative when you were great rhymer. Yeah. <laughs> you what? guys are so what? creative when you were kids. I feel like I was just like egging cars and being bad. <laughs> yeah, I was like that was not my strong suit writing no. and everything, but yeah. So did you like I you did, were... I did a little of that too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, we did a lot. My uncle owned a uh, grocery store, so we had an unlimited supply of And eggs. those those stories make good songs too. I guess so. I can have a bunch <laughs> yeah, of story yeah. or a bunch of songs in my okay, head if Nadine's I could write them. Gonna- Try it out. Yeah, they were pretty bad. <laughs> I think I think honestly, everybody does. Like everybody's got a couple of good ideas for a novel or a couple of good song ideas. I think the only real difference is that people who do it seriously just apply themselves and 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 write those ideas down in a book till they've got a, a couple hundred of them, and and then sit down and, and put the time in to actually try to bang them into a finished product and it you know the first hundred that you do suck right but yeah. i think yeah. i think all i think all people get those creative impulses and the, the germs of ideas because everybody comes up to me so oh, i got an idea for a song and often often they are decent ideas and then the next step is yeah. to actually make a song out of it but mm-hmm. the ideas originally no one really knows where they come from because i you know they're just, it's kind of magic really like the work part the work part makes sense like where you you know you take all the notes you've made and put them into a rhyme scheme and put a melody to them and you apply your years of experience doing that. But the original germ, it's still a mystery to me where those come from because they just pop into your head when you're driving or when you're watching TV or playing guitar or whatever, and you just get random ideas and they don't know where they come from. They just appear. And then, and then the work part comes when Mm -hmm. you write them down and flesh them out later, but it's kind of a mystery where the original ideas come from. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. You just have to catch them and try not to mess them up. (laughs) So when you do have an idea like that, like if you're busy or whatever, you can't just write it down. So when you do go to write, um, start writing, how do you make sure that, um, like, how do you keep your inspiration going when you're like, when you go to it after the fact? Like when you have that first like Yeah, because sometimes I'll get an idea and then, and then later on I'm like, okay, I don't even know. Where I was not feeling really that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's like that's like when that's like when you're on mushrooms and you figure out you figure out the meaning of life, yeah. and then you write it, and then you write it down, and then when you're sober, you read it, and it's like everybody's cool yeah. or something that's ridiculous. Right? Yeah, it's a hot dog, a sandwich, or a sub. <laughs> but you sort of uh, you sort of get in the habit of writing enough stuff down, and then when you ha- it's a volume game, right? Because you go back yeah. to it, and half of it doesn't make any sense to you or kind of sucks you just start calling it but if you do enough of it you get a few a few gems in there and then yeah i guess to, for me for, for me it's like the only the only sort of reliable um thing inside me that tells me if it's good or not is time like if i write it down hey that's cool i write it down and go back to a week later hey it's still kind of cool another week later yeah this is still pretty cool then i know oh, yeah. it's cool where yeah. whereas if i write it down and then the next day oh, that was stupid then i, then I know. <laughs> yeah scrap that one <laughs> yeah 
Um, so do you guys like get even writer's block where you have to like go and like maybe write part of the song, then go ride your horse and get more inspiration or like, how does that all work? And then I also wanted to know, cause this was also a question I had on top of my mind. Um, how hard is it to write a song when there's so many melodies and stuff out there that's no not kidding. similar to someone else's like song? <laughs> like, you know, like that would be so hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that happens sometimes, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it totally happens. Like my yeah. band, my band is usually pretty good for that. Like they usually tell me, "Hey, you just rewrote, you know, Born in the USA." By the way, <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Oh man. But I, I'm glad they do because it's better that they tell me that before I release it. But you can always, yeah. you, what you do is at least what I do. You can always bend the melody enough that no one would ever recognize mm. it. True. Yeah. Like I actually wrote a song where I totally stole the melody. Like absolutely just pillaged it and released it and didn't realize so after but it's a, it's a song called I, I want to be in the cavalry oh yeah and it, it, it turns out there's this canadian maritime artist named stan rogers that americans don't know right but he wrote yeah. a lot of maritime songs and when i was recording it, i thought it seemed vaguely familiar and i asked everyone i knew i asked my producer i asked my my managers and it they didn't know it, the song, but then I put it out and within two days I had like 10 emails. Hey dude, you just wrote, rewrote Stan Rogers tune. So was the idea, was the idea similar or was it just the melody? No, the idea is totally different. Just the melody. Okay. Yeah. But actually from out east, it's called the idiot. (laughs) The idiot. I, I uh, I went and, um, I got a hold of their, uh, he's dead. But I got a hold of his estate, and I, I posthumously gave him a piece of the action. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, that's an admirable thing to do. <laughs> but my my uh, my record producer, he's, he's American, so he didn't. I like him and I went on a really deep dive. I, I thought maybe it was a Steve Earle melody or something, but but he said no. I've listened to it a hundred times, and I really don't recognize it because it's Canadian. So hmm. yeah. <laughs> To be expected. The I other guess. question yeah, you yeah. asked about, about taking a break because you get writer's block. Yeah. For me, I don't. Jada can answer this on her own. She might have a different process, but I hardly ever write a song in one sitting. Like I almost, oh, I take months to write my songs. Usually. Really? So yeah. if I if I sit down for an afternoon to work on songs, I'll write. I'll work on like six or eight of them and just kind of polish each one a little bit and then put it down. So I I almost always write them over long periods. So I so yeah, if I get sick of one. Or if I, if I hit a roadblock, I just put it back on the shelf and grab a different one and start polishing it. Yeah. Yeah. Just keep adding. Yeah, I do the same thing. I The last song that I, I wrote, um, I finished it by myself, which uh, it's also been really good during COVID because I had fallen into such a, a co-writing codependency mm-hmm. <laughs> for a while. Uh, and uh, I mean, I started this by myself two years ago and it took me that long to pick it back up and finish it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I'm with you, Corp. I do that same kind of thing. You just kind of uh, take them down and put them back until yeah. you get them done. I mean, I have some that are sitting there that are 10 years old. I don't know if they'll ever get finished. Oh, wow. But yeah. if you can't, I think if you can't stop thinking about them, I mean, that's, you know, You'll that's, a, that's a good sign. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, yeah. Br- the brain is a funny thing because sometimes like you'll have a block for, yeah, literally years and then, and then you'll just think, oh, why don't I just do this? And you're like, of course. Yeah. Or somebody else points it out. Like that Bible yeah. on the Dash song, I had that half done for literally years. Really? And I showed Hayes. 
and then he we finished it in an hour. It was like he just saw it from a, he just saw it from a different perspective. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. And that is the great thing about co-writing. Yeah, you know, yeah. it really. How is. do you you do way more co-writing than I do? How do you get away from the control freak part? Uh, you know, it's probably my best and worst quality. <laughs> um, you know, depending on on who I'm writing with, I I feel like if it's my idea, then I naturally kind of just want to take the reins and for lack of better words, run the show. Yeah. Um, but if they bring the idea, then I try to be respectful yeah. of, you know, their yeah. creative, mm-hmm. uh, space and, and, you know, what, how they were looking at the idea instead of, um, just taking it and doing it how I would do it. Um, it's a fine line and it's, uh, you know, you know what it's like, Corb. I mean, it's different. Each person that you, write with it's uh, everybody has a completely different way of getting to the same end result um, yeah. which is really you know that makes what we do fun um i find i really i do, do it. i do a lot better with co-writing when it's either a friend of mine or or someone who i really respect a lot like i've found myself in yeah. situations before where i you know half an hour in i'm like this person's a moron okay. and like, uh, <laughs> And I just—I mean, you just run out the clock and see you, say see you later, right? Yeah. Oh, that's what I got to the point where I would literally—I would text my friends and I would be like, "Hey, call me and tell me something bad happened." <laughs> Is it like being on a bad and date where you're like, "Get me out"? <laughs> yeah, literally, I would like just text them and be like nine one one, and you know, because otherwise you're just sitting there, and I mean, you're—it's an idea, a day that you could have used to, you know percolate new ideas or yeah. uh you know you're just better served not writing mm-hmm. um, it's kinda, it can be kind of awkward hey it's awful yeah i mean the the bad days are are bad and they're they're not fun at all mm-hmm. and, and it's totally awkward when you leave because yeah you're like well but you just don't get along with everybody creatively right mm-hmm. like yeah uh, and that's kind of a you know a major bummer sometimes because um Sometimes there's, you know, people that you really look up to and that you're like, shit, I really wanted to write a great song with them. Why isn't this working? Yeah, and it just doesn't yeah. work. Like whatever the chemistry. I mean, it is very much a, a chemistry mm-hmm. thing. Has to match. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, that's why I like writing. I, you're one of the easiest people to write with that I've ever run into because it's just fun, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we do just have fun. I think that we, we take it seriously, but we don't take it so seriously that, you know, we're kicking the shit out of something you know well, when you know when you know somebody too it's a lot easier to go you know this is sucking let's go to mcdonald's or whatever right yeah. well, <laughs> no, like, yeah, let's take a break or let's let's start something else or like let's let this go or this just isn't gonna work or yeah totally mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's a lot easier to do that with somebody that that you know and you're you're comfortable it would be weird yeah. trying to like to me you know it would seem odd to try to do that with somebody that you don't know at all Mm-hmm. It's yeah. really weird. I don't, mm-hmm. Jada's done way more than me. She's better at it, but I find it really hard. Yeah, yeah, hard. It I guess hard. would be the it, better word. It is difficult because you know you walk into a room to you know with somebody that you've never never really met before, and you try to do the whole get to know you thing and mm-hmm. um, half an hour, and then okay, like tell me something bad that happened to you, and I'm going <laughs> to tell you something bad that happened to me, and. Uh, or something good that happened to me or, you know, yeah. and you try to connect with somebody on, on a level that, uh, you can, 
you know, make something that makes you feel something that, Mm -hmm. you know, you can make other people feel something, whatever that, that feeling is. Uh, And uh, it's really hard. You kind of, I don't know, you feel like a failure when you walk out and and it doesn't work Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. But um, yeah, but then, you Uh, know, you have the days that it does and that's, that's why we do it. So. Yep. How often, Jada, have you gone into a writing session and come out with a, a song that you're happy with where you, where you went in with no idea at all? Because I almost always arm myself yeah. with three or four three or four ideas so that I'm not left, yeah. like, awkwardly just staring at the person. Yeah. You know, I went through a, a phase where, like, I mean, I have my – I have a list of hooks on my on my phone that I I just keep adding to and removing, like, from over the years yeah. and – uh, but you know, sometimes you look through your list and you're just like, I, I don't like any of these, these, I, why am I throwing out these ideas at all? And, um, I went through a phase where I would cancel, I would just cancel rights and be like, I've got nothing. I'm, I'm not going to go. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and then I, but then I quickly realized that, uh, 99% of the, the fight is just showing up. You know what I mean? Because, um, you don't know what you're going to connect with mm-hmm. that person on and what kind of idea will come from you guys just talking, yeah. uh, you don't know what they're going to bring, yeah. bring to the room that day. Might uh, bring you way up. I think just showing mm-hmm. up. Yeah, yeah. Showing up is, is so important. Mm-hmm. I feel it, it feels a bit like going to a therapist for me. Like I kind of dread it. Yeah. And yeah. then sometimes, and then sometimes I dread it for good reason. Cause it's super awful. But then other times yeah. it's awesome. Yeah. 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 yeah cool. You do leave very emotionally drained. Yeah. I'd imagine so. In any, any occasion. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, you're showing a side of yourself too that's like vulnerable too, right? Because mm-hmm. you're like expressing your ideas to someone that you don't really know, and what if they don't like it? Yeah. Like I feel mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm putting it all out there. Yeah, putting it out to the universe. Yeah, I feel I feel like when you're with somebody else that you don't, when you don't when you don't know them, it's weird because you're like the whole time you're thinking, does, does he like this or does she like this or yeah. are they or telling like, me the truth? Yeah, I mean, exactly. Is it, is, it okay, is it okay for me to tell them that I don't like this or you know it's awkward? Yeah. Yeah. Are they judging me? <laughs> yeah. 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 is way more fun. <laughs> oh, okay. You're way more fun too. I think that shows, it shows in the songs that we write. I was going to say, like, it yeah. really showed, like, in yeah. Horse Poor, like, how much fun that you guys, like, really have. And, like, the music video, like, I've watched it so mm-hmm. many times. It's just, it's really, really cool. And you guys have a really cool vibe. Like, you know, even just chatting with you both, you can just tell that you both are interested in the same things and kind of share works. the same ideas and the same vibe. So that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks. So, so taking it from songwriting to performing now, do you guys have a couple most memorable events that uh, come to mind or just some memories that looking back, it really gives you chills? Hmm. Go for it, Corby. Well, I probably do, but they're just at random bars in Oklahoma. You know what I mean? Like I don't have, I don't have very many moments where that was like, you know, actually here's one. <laughs> I was I was singing the the anthem at, at an NFR event a couple years ago in cool. Vegas. Oh yeah, it was like it was like the they called it a shootout. It was for the guys from sixteenth uh, to thirtieth hole. It was like the like the in the afternoons before the regular perf. Anyway, yep. I'm I'm singing the anthem and Bob Tallman, you know the announcer, mm-hmm. who I've never met before. He's a famous rodeo announcer. He's got a really distinctive deep voice. Yeah. He comes over to me. I, I did the anthem. I was just watching the bronc riding, and he came over to me and and didn't say a word. He, he just came up and says, uh, 
everything's better with some cows around. Then punches him in the arm and walks away. I was like, I've made it. <laughs> that's awesome. That's good. Oh, that's awesome. That's good. Oh my gosh. Um, I think for me, uh, I, I, when it's not COVID, I usually, uh, I would play the Grand Ole Opry quite frequently. And I think for me that the first time that I played the Opry at the Ryman, that was, um, you know, that was, that was pretty special. And I remember mm-hmm. thinking then that I, I'd always said that if I never did anything again, other than that, then, you know, to me, I, I had made it, mm-hmm. yeah. um, so are you going to come to my Opry debut, Jada? Of course I am, duh. At this, <laughs> at this late stage in life? <laughs> Dude, it's going to be so awesome. I'm so excited for you. You, you, you know what's kind of cool about that? My manager told me that, that the people there, whoever they're talking to on the other end, said yeah. that they're really excited. They're like, how come we didn't know about this guy? It's amazing. So they like me. So that's good news. <laughs> well, that's good. And then you better be prepared to stick around for a while. Cause then they're going to want you to come back. So, yeah. and you can't I, say I, no to the Opry. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Eh? I've had, a, I've had a few really moving moments on stage with Ian Tyson, actually. Oh, I love his song. Well, when I was a kid, I used to just jam out to Barrel Racing Angel, like on repeat. (laughs) (laughs) Driving my old rickety trailer down the road out there somewhere in the West. Just kidding. (laughs) He's become a really good friend of mine and we've played a lot of shows together, but every once in a while, you know, I'll be singing background vocals on someday soon or whatever while he's singing. And I look over and like, it's kind of surreal. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. That's, that'd be unreal. Actually. Um, when I was, uh, coming up with this outline and typing it all up, my boyfriend, he was like, Oh, you got to ask Corb, what was it like riding with Ian Tyson and old pokey went to bucking on (laughs) you. Yeah. He, uh, he ambushed me with that one. (laughs) It's funny because I lost a stirrup. Have you watched that? Yeah, yeah. He pulled it up because I I lost I lose a stirrup just when Pokey starts calming down. So if she would have kept at it, I would have gone from hero to zero pretty quick. <laughs> hero to zero. The other, the other the other funny part about that is that the, they you know the they can hear the audio right because we had we had those little mics on that yeah those portable microphones. Ian's like yeah. stick them, stick them. And and there's three or four. It was a CBC shoot, hey. And there's yeah. there's two or three CBC cameramen with with earpieces in, right? And 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 he goes, they they bleep it on the on the clip, but he goes, "That a boy, yeah, good ride." If they got that on film, have a fucking Academy Award. He says, <laughs> and, and and they bleep it out. But what they don't include is he goes on to say, "I hope they got that on film. Those assholes always miss the good shit. Those pricks." <laughs> And, and they've all got earpieces, right? And they're like, oh, no, no, we got it, Mr. Tyson. We got it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he is a legend. Funny. He is a legend. I'm not going to lie, Corb. I thought about that when we went to shoot the horse poor video and you were riding Sophie. That that clip passed, passed through my mind. I remember thinking about that. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> like, come on, Sophie, keep it together. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to get a complex. Yeah. <laughs> You know, another another really cool one, there's this thing in Elko, Nevada every spring called the the, the uh, Elko, Nevada National Cowboy Poetry Gathering. And Ian's been playing at that for the whole time they've had it since the early 80s. But um, we did a show a couple years ago 
you know, they'll put artists together and have like a song swap kind of show in, in a theater where you trade songs, you know, and tell stories. And mm-hmm. they had, they was me and Ian and, and Coulter Wall. Oh, so I love it was, Coulter it was Wall. Really, it was a really neat show because it was like, you know, I guess you call it like three generations of, of you know, Western yeah. Canadian cowboy songs or whatever you want to call it. But but it was neat to see the three generations of it. It was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I'm in the middle somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember right after you played that, we we started tour. We were in Texas, I think, or Oklahoma. We started somewhere, and you had just came from, from playing Elko, and that was okay. You should go. You should come to that some year. It's really cool. You'd like it. I would love to. I would love to they, go. I mean, just as like a fan girl, I would. They probably. They probably book. They probably book you. Really? I would love. I would to. think so because they're in, they're really into cred there, right? So if you give them, if you tell them about your <laughs> how you show horses, I'm sure they'd love it. I walk up with my my world champ buckle. Yep. Yep. Okay. Hell yeah! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so how do you find like? time writing songs when you're showing horses and Corbier out on the ranch or whatever like that'd be that probably takes up a big portion of your day or even days as well hey yeah kind of I mean I spend more time on the road than I do at home but it's the same question though it's hard because by the time you drive to the show and take a shower and do sound check and try to find some food, there's not much time. The time that I use when I'm touring, the the two or three hours between sound check and the show, that's when I do. My guys always go for supper. They're in, they're into like eating and stuff. <laughs> eating and stuff. They're foodies. <laughs> those those three or four hours, like it's always quiet at the venue, so it's usually deserted. So I usually hang out in the in the dressing room and work on songs then. Hmm. Oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah. I guess for me, it kind of just depends what. Um, what I'm doing, you know, like I'll get up at five o'clock in the morning, go to the barn and do chores. And, you know, if it's not COVID and we're all writing, you know, I, I would typically write, you know, four or five days a week. So I'd get up in the morning, go do chores, go back to my house, shower, go write at 10 30, 11, write my song, be done. Usually like three thirty, four, go do chores and, you know, just, start the process all over again yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but now you know uh with the pandemic obviously we're not you know writing as much um in person i, I can't remember the last right. time i actually wrote with somebody in person uh so i mean i have been spending a lot more time out at the barn mm-hmm. uh, and i mean i find myself coming up with ideas literally cleaning salt or you know what I mean? Because that yeah. is a lot of quiet thinking time. Yeah, no kidding. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's been for me. Uh, and when it's big horse show season, uh, some of my biggest inspiration is just talking to people. You know, mm-hmm. talking to everybody has such a just a you know a different way of saying things. And um, you know, horse show people, everybody has got drama, and there's always something going on. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> So, you know, just hearing those stories and, uh, you know, writing down ideas and to come back to later. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel, I feel all kinds of stuff from people who are just talking to me for sure. Cause it's, Oh yeah. Turns of phrase and stuff like that. People say yeah. stuff, and, especially when you travel, like people speak differently in different areas. Right. So you can, yeah. I steal stuff from people constantly. <laughs> I've had people say, Oh, you stole that from me. That's my song. It's like, dude, <laughs> Coming up with the three words is the easy part. Making <laughs> <laughs> no, the song is the hard part. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel like even just hearing the old rodeo stories and stuff, that 
must inspire a lot of songs and mm-hmm. a lot of writing mm-hmm. material as well. Yep. Totally does. Definitely does. Yeah. I, I actually, I actually, our family's got a, like there's always one or two people in every generation that are kind of like the, the people that hold the family lore and know all the stories. My aunt Connie, she's, she's, uh, she's in my truth comes out song, but, but she's the one that, She's my mom's age, and she's the one of that generation that knows all the stories. So I spent a lot of time with her, and I think I've become that person in my generation. I'm the one that knows most of the family lore now. <laughs> but I, I've taken a lot of stuff from her and, and stolen it and, and made it into songs. Nice, that's yeah. cool. like family history and family taste. Even if they're not true, I don't know. But it's still, it's, <laughs> embellish a little. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, Fred Eaglesmith. He's a Canadian songwriter. He told me a long time ago. That's probably an old saying. He said, never let the truth get in the way of a good story, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My dad even said that about, like, this podcast. He's like, oh, you know, if you just, like, don't know what to talk about, just, like, make some stuff up as it goes. I'm like, my <laughs> my life is too ridiculous that, like, I never run out of stories to tell. But, sure, thanks for the advice. Like, fake it till you make it, I guess. Hey? Yeah. <laughs> You're not supposed to say that on the air. No. Like, I, I'm a, not edit, a vault. Edit. Not a vault. <laughs> Actually, I think all of our stories have been like super true on this podcast. I don't nice. think we've elaborated about anything. No, not really. No. Me and Jada have been telling lies the whole last hour. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's crazy. Our lives just they line up perfectly. It's incredible. It's yeah, you guys like must have rehearsed or something before yeah. this. You weren't napping, yeah, you were you were guys were on the phone before. <laughs> yeah, you were texting each other to clear up all the We, we love the voicemail, by the way, Corey. Oh yeah, that's hilarious. And we have that recorded too, because we like called and we usually like hit record and we're ringing. And then so yeah, it's just like, hey, I don't listen what to voicemails. Say I can't remember. Hey, I don't listen to voicemails, so just text me. <laughs> oh, <okay>. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Some people, it's funny, people still insist on leaving though. I never listen to them, but. <laughs> I know, I think my inbox is full. Like, I, I get anxiety I'm so listening to bad voicemails. At clearing my voicemail. Yeah. 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 I'm like, oh, what am I in trouble for this time? This takes way too much time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so, we are in the wrapping up section, kind of. And I think we did touch on this, but if you guys can think of anything to add, that would be awesome for this next question. Um, so, not necessarily like the biggest success seen by your fans but what has been maybe a favorite moment for you or a moment that you know made a big impact on the artist you are today in your eyes mm-hmm. artist I am today um, the, first, the, the first record I made with my producer Harry Stinson was a big moment for me it was five dollar bill and he's um he's become a really good friend and he's a, he was the super, he was the first really serious pr- serious pro producer I worked with. And so, um, that was a big moment. He really elevated my stuff. Yeah. Cool. I mean, I would have to say early, early on, uh, my parents, they, they gave me a guitar when I was 12. It was the last, last gift that they gave me together before, um, my mom and I, we left. Um, and it took me a long time to, to actually pick it up and, want to play it because I, I hated it for so long because it was mm-hmm. the last thing that they gave me together. No, um, no. But that, that was pretty um, influential to mm-hmm. me. Um, Cause I, I learned to play my first three chords on that and uh, yeah, still play those three chords a lot. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, and 
you know, I, I think it's just something that's cool. Um, I was fortunate enough. I did, um, I think like 12 dates, um, with Merle Haggard on Merle Haggard's last tour before he passed away. Cool. Uh, yeah. And I, I don't know why he liked me, but he did. And he took, took a liking to me and, um, I'm still good friends with, uh, his youngest son, Benny. Um, but that, that was pretty cool just mm-hmm. because, you know, Merle Haggard, they don't, they mm-hmm. don't make those anymore. No, no they do not. No. Yeah. And it was, you know, just playing real country music for people who love, real country music mm-hmm. uh, in front of somebody who plays real country music and wrote real country music. That, um, yeah. 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 That was pretty cool. Yeah. The first first time I played the Calgary Stampede was pretty meaningful for me. That oh, would be awesome. Yeah. Oh, Steph almost cried at the Calgary Stampede just watching the barrel racing. Oh, yeah. And I actually, <laughs> I, I've read something that the Calgary Stampede, like last night on Facebook, that they're thinking they're still going ahead. So fingers crossed. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I heard that too. Hopefully. My uh, my grandpa was a judge there for twenty five or thirty years. Oh, I oh yeah, we did read that. And uh, and did anyone else in your family have a big part in the Calgary Stampede? Yeah, Dad competed there many years, and I mean, I rode steers there a couple times. And yeah. uh, my mom, my mom actually won the barrel racing in '59 and '60, and that was the first year they had it as a major event. So that's kind of cool. They made yeah. it a pioneer of the Stampede for that. That's really that's cool. So that yeah, it is really bad. Yeah, that Pinocchio, would be a big Pinocchio, family Pinocchio's moment. Too. Oh, yeah. I love Pinocchio. Oh, yeah. I've yet yeah. to go. Oh. I read that they're still planning to be on as well. Yeah? Yeah. Man, oh, wow. I've had almost too much fun at the Pinocchio Stampede. <laughs> no such thing. Pinocchio's like, Calgary's awesome, but Pinocchio's like super cool and old school, right? Yeah. I like it because like Little more everyone intimate. is at the same like bar at the end of the night and you get it like, yeah. Like the it's whole just, town is in. It's so it. much fun. And we actually... Me and my, because um, me and my boyfriend were both rodeoing and well, he was riding bulls and I was just barrel racing at the time and we lived in Pinoca and it was like the funnest time for sure. Like we just had like a house and everyone would come over there at the end of the night and yeah, it was pretty fun. My boyfriend gave his cousin a black eye by accident. So that's pretty. pretty <laughs> Accidentally <laughs> on purpose? Accidentally. <laughs> but yeah, no. We had too much fun. I I really enjoy the the Pinocchio Stampede, but hopefully I, I'll. I want to go to that um that uh, hard grass bronc riding. Have you heard of that? Oh, I haven't heard no. of that one. They, mm-hmm. It's in um it's in uh, Central Alberta somewhere. It's just it's just a it's just a bronc riding, but apparently it's a pro it's a pro event, but it's supposed to be really good. Oh really? Oh, that'd be a fun one to watch. You know. Hmm. People ask me sometimes where the drunkest audience I've ever played for was, and it was at the Teepee Creek Rodeo a number of years ago. <laughs> oh, thank oh, no. you for giving us like, that tidbit. Oh, gosh. So, actually, it was... <laughs> that. Um, we at the... Almost, almost every show like that, there's a, there's a handful of people that are just out of their minds drunk, and then, you know, they're kind of chastised and escorted out of the building or whatever. But the entire <laughs> audience was just... just Shit oh, no. like, like like a like a once in a three years kind of drunk. Yeah, all of them though. I yeah. imagine it'll be that way this year if it goes again. That's I, for sure. Oh, for sure. Um, it was really it was remarkable. I've seen a lot of drunk audiences, but it was remarkable. Was that was it a couple years ago that you did that? That you performed? Uh, probably three or four. Oh, okay. I, re- I respect it, by the way. Yeah, we're we're quite the crowd up here. 
So we usually like to wrap up our episodes with a laugh. You have given us many laughs Mm -hmm. already. So usually we ask for an embarrassing story on the rodeo road. But do you guys each have a quick embarrassing story from the touring road? Or even when you guys were like recording the horse pour song or something like that. Oh, gosh. I had a pretty good one in Australia a few years ago because we played at this resort. I think it was in Queensland, but... Some there was it, had, it was a big a whole big resort. They had a casino and had a showroom and had a big hotel and everything, right? And somebody I don't know whose idea this was, but somebody built it on the time zone line, right? So I was in a I was in a poker tournament, like I had and I had an hour and fifteen minutes before showtime, and and I was winning the thing and I was going to win three or four thousand bucks, and then my road manager comes running into the card room and says, "You're on stage in ten minutes." I was like, "No, no, I got an hour and ten minutes." But the the time zone changed in the middle of the facility. It's crazy. (laughs) And so I had to abandon abandon the tournament and and lose the money. But worse, I was was dressed in, like, ridiculous board shorts and flip-flops. And (laughs) and I... I have a I have a no shorts on stage band policy that <laughs> nobody no sandals and no shorts on stage ever right but I had no I had literally had oh, to run no. with the road manager and I had to play the show yeah I mean maybe for Jimmy Buffett that wouldn't be embarrassing but it was embarrassing yeah. for me yeah you probably you probably never lived that one down yeah yeah oh my God. but who who built a resort on the, on two different time zones yeah yeah, no, that's, yeah that's crazy yeah that's unfair Can I remember you that one, one time. What? Can I talk that talk, one? Well, you? I mean, <laughs> uh, I remember I was in, uh, I was in an airport in Florida. I think I was in Tampa and uh, I'd been on the road for a couple of weeks. I think we were finishing up my radio tour. And so I had, had the band guys with me and I was tired and I was miserable and we were coming, coming back to Nashville and we're standing in line to, to get on the plane. And I have my guitar with me and this tall, lanky, older gentleman, comes up to me and I have my guitar and I'm so sick of being asked this question every time I go, go through an airport, right? Everybody's like, Oh, so do you play guitar? You play guitar? Like, like, no, I just carry it around for fun. Right. <laughs> so anyway, this older gentleman, he, he comes up to me in the plane and he goes, so, so you, are you in a band? And I just pull my sunglasses down and I look right at him and I go, yeah. And he goes, what, what's your band name? And I go, Guns and Roses. And I put my glasses back up and I turn around and I, I walk and I get on the plane. As I'm getting on the plane, my fiddle player runs up to me and he goes, What did you just say? He's like, You just dissed Mel Tillis. That was Mel Tillis. What are you what are you what are you doing? And I was I was so mortified and so embarrassed. And thankfully, I mean Mel Tillis, you know, had a, a great sense of humor. Uh, always did, and he fortunately did in that that situation too. I, I went up and I uh, sat with him uh, after he boarded the plane and apologized profusely, and uh, we had a good good plane ride back to Nashville. But uh, oh, that's yeah, a good one. I, I learned to watch my mouth after that. Yeah, I'm not quite as sassy anymore. No kidding. So that was, nice, that was pretty nice, nice one. <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty bad. Well, thanks for and it sharing. It wasn't those. embarrassing for me, but uh, one time at the CMA, uh, the music fest, like the parade, uh, Glenn Campbell slapped my ass. So it was embarrassing for him, not for me. But that was pretty cool. <laughs> oh my <laughs> goodness! Cool. He, yeah. get, he gets the pass because he's Glenn Campbell, or what? 
Yeah, he's Glenn Campbell, and you know, he was. I think recently at that time he was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. So I think he he was still very aware of what he was doing. I think that's why he did it. You know what I mean? He's like, I can get away with this. <laughs> yeah. Oh my! Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that would be such a cool event to go to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was fun. Um, I think they canceled it again. Did they cancel it again for this year? I don't know. Um, they probably did. They've canceled everything else. So. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it was super. That's the, the favorite favorite time of year in town for sure. Yeah. Um, and do you guys have any shout outs you'd want to give? And then where can people go to find you guys, follow along, and also find all your music? Hmm. Um, I just put out a deluxe version of my record, Agricultural Tragic, that has horse pour on it. So that's probably what I would plug. And you can find yeah. me anywhere. I'm everywhere: Spotify, Apple, mm-hmm. iTunes, um, you know, YouTube, all Facebook, over the place. Instagram, Twitter, everywhere. Yep. <laughs> all even, of it. even 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 TikTok. As Are you late, making TikToks? Oh yes. Yeah, that's I really hate good it. At the they, told, thing. they told me I had to. Yeah, oh. right. Perfect. <laughs> you're such a conformist okay yeah me same thing and Facebook Instagram Twitter all that stuff usually you can find me on uh, Corb Lund's live streams chirping in with uh, you know (laughs) funny commentary perfect that's right (laughs) telling me not not to cut my hair yeah don't cut your COVID hair (laughs) are you growing it out I don't know I just haven't got around to cutting it for a I haven't got it, got around to it for a year. It's not pretty. It's it's, it's pretty. <laughs> well, to wrap up this podcast, would we be able to get you to do one more thing and sing us a quick few horse poor lyrics to take us out of this episode? How about I sing a verse and you sing a verse? Yeah. Sounds good. Folks think you're rich when they see you have horses. That might be true if my income sources weren't eating up every month on the boardage for all of our four-legged friends. My accountant says that my funds are depleted, but I keep my wealth right where I can see it. In pastures and barns and in show arenas. And because of the money she spends. <laughs> Your turn. <laughs> well, he must have forgot at the show where he met me. Said the way I sat in my saddle was sexy. A cowgirl like me was worth every penny. You better stop making sense now, my dear. Build me a barn and it better be heated with a whole lot of salt. Get some kid to clean it. Buy me a stud smile when you feed it. We're just getting started round here. Boom. Yay! That wow. was awesome! That was amazing! <laughs> We're fangirling over here. Yeah, fangirling <laughs> Thank you guys uh, so much. Yes. yes, and thank you so much for coming on our show. This literally just like made kind of our podcast dreams come true. Yeah, <laughs> as cheesy as that is. Well, we're happy. We're happy we wrote uh, your unofficial official theme song. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh boy. How let, like- me, let me know when you're going to put it out. We'll tweet it. Tweet it for people. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. We will for sure. Okay. Cool. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank yeah. You. Hopefully Thank we you. can. Thanks, everybody. Hopefully Thank we can you. attend okay. one of your concerts concerts soon. Yeah. <laughs> Contents. <laughs> Talk to you later. <laughs> Bye. 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 Thanks, everybody. Yeah. Thank Thanks. You. Yeah.
that's a wrap folks. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode and be sure to head on over to www.horsepoorpodcast.com and grab yourself some Horsepoor merch. Be sure to follow along on Facebook and Instagram where you will find a link to our Patreon where you can subscribe for only $5 a month for a whole extra episode and a lot more content. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to make sure you never miss an episode. Leave us a review, tell a friend, and the most important, get rich or ride trying. (laughs) 